welcome back. We are continuing to look at these parenting principles, and tonight we come to the principle of process. So let me pray for us, and we'll jump in here. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful, Lord, that you have taken us and made us your children. I do pray that we would reflect and discuss and think about the ways that you are in it for the long run with us, Lord, that you don't view us as this uh, project that can be done in an instant, but rather you see the beauty in a lifelong pursuit of you and growing us close to you through your Spirit by the gift of sanctification. And we pray that we would do that for our children, Lord, that we would view our parenting as a process, knowing that we can't just say the right thing in an instant and our children learn everything, but rather, Lord, trusting that over time and through Your grace and through Your will, Lord, that our children would come to know You and understand themselves and also to understand their need of You. I pray for these parents that You would equip them for that task, and I pray this in Christ's holy name. Amen. So yes, we are going to be talking about process this evening. And the principle that we're taking uh, from Tripp's book is that you must be committed as a parent to long-view parenting because change is a process, not an event. We must be committed as a parent to long-view parenting because change is a process, not an event. Why is it that... Patience is such a difficult thing for us to master. Think about that. We live in a very instant society. I mean, we want things right away. This is why we have things like drive-thrus and K-cups for our Keurig machines. We have Google search to teach us whatever we need to know in an instant. This is why we use spark notes, etc., etc. When we want something, we often have a means to get it very quickly. This isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it does make impatience rear its ugly head in other areas. You know, we can so easily get frustrated when we get to a stoplight as if we were the only ones who have ever gotten stopped at that stoplight. Our impatience comes out in various ways. But what does regular impatience tell us about ourselves? Well, it tells us that we don't like process. We don't want a process, we want an event to be done with and and that we can move on from, right? Uh, We we want a conclusion to come quickly. But our regular impatience tells us that we need to be thinking more about this whole idea of process. And how can this struggle be brought into our parenting? Well, we often trick ourselves into thinking if we do something just right or if we raise our voice just enough, Or if we come down hard enough or say something just the right way, then change can happen in others, namely our children. But it's not how that works. There are times when our children learn things when we tell them. But most of the time, our children need to learn over time. So parenting is a process. And Jesus provides the ultimate model of what God has called us to be as parents. And he's in it for the long run with his people. You know, we can often operate with these parenting process blinders. We forget that our children are predisposed to sin. Our children hit one another because they feel justified in hitting the other. 
We want them to answer the question, why did you hit your sister with this? Because the sin in my heart that needs sanctifying through Christ. But that doesn't happen, right? That takes a long time to learn. Uh, as much as we want them to realize, I hit my sister because I'm a sinner. <laughs> it, it just simply doesn't work that way. But in the moment, those blinders uh, want us to have those instant results, which always leaves us frustrated. And we ourselves took time to come to understand the problem of sin and the solution to that problem in Christ. Uh, we're really the blind leading the blind, so to speak. We all bring sin to the table, some through temper tantrums and others through impatient rants as adults. And sometimes we, can, uh, we can't even tell the parents apart from the children in some circumstances. But this is a great opportunity for us to think about how we can reshape and restructure the way that we think about parenting. So we need to start learning how to build process into our parenting structure. We need to learn how to develop a mentality and even a love for process. And this might be a huge shift for some of us. Tripp says this, in his book, seldom is change the result of a dramatic moment. Seldom is change the result of a dramatic moment. And the more we can get that into our minds, the more we can start to implement that same process with our children. They often need the long view to learn something. So what might be an example from your own life of learning by process instead of an event. Maybe it's a new skill. Maybe it's a new habit. Maybe it's breaking an old habit. Uh, maybe it's some sort of sports that you have had to take time to learn. Uh, maybe it's academics. Okay. Much of life is learned over time. Repetition is very important. Let's turn to Psalm 32, verse 8. We're going to read this real quick. Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. How might this particular verse in this psalm be a helpful reminder to us of how we are to approach teaching our children? Well, notice he says we are to teach with an eye upon them. Okay, this is not that we just give them information and hope that they change, but rather a loving care that envelops the relationship. Here's a practical example. If you want to teach your children how to cut, cut vegetables, you don't just hand them a knife, right? Yeah, you teach them by showing them. Okay. And eventually, you may let them hold the knife with you as you cut the vegetables. And uh, you, you get to the point where you allow them to do it, but you watch over them. And, and at one point, they actually learn and they know how to be safe and they know how to do it the right way to the point where you can not have to watch over them. You don't have to have your eye upon them at all times. But this is that, that principle that we see here in this psalm that God is teaching us and He's watching over us as He teaches us because He loves us. Just like we love our children enough to watch over them while they cut vegetables, He loves us. A spiritual example may be the, the way that we teach our children how to uh, regulate and control our emotions. Okay, you, We can't just always say, don't be angry. It's good to say, don't be angry, because sometimes we need to be reminded of that. 
But we have to teach them not to be angry by explaining what anger does and offering ways of working through those healthy ways of working through anger. It's a trial and error. Because not every child works in the same way. But we teach with a, with a watchful eye. Being able to notice when you might see something stirring up and helping them along the way. And eventually we get to the point where we have to trust that they have learned and will apply those principles in godly ways. This is the beautiful thing. If we build into ourselves a love and appreciation for process. I, I always think about the movie. Uh, it's one of my favorites. What about Bob? Uh, the movie is about a psychiatrist who ends up taking on a patient right before he goes on vacation and the patient becomes uh, super overbearing to the point where he's incredibly needy and he ends up going on vacation with this doctor and his family and uh, I don't want to ruin the movie for you but you, you see this this uh this unfolding of this doctor throughout this movie everyone else starts to see this patient as being the normal one and the doctor is the one that ends up going crazy because uh, Bill Murray, the, the patient, is driving him insane. But the, the reason I think about that movie is because he writes this book in the movie called Baby Steps. And how every time uh, someone needs to work through something, they just need to work on those baby steps to, 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 to look at it uh, in, in the bigger picture, right? Okay, We take a small step forward because we know that in the bigger picture, uh, there, there's, a, there's a process that, that needs to be understood. Nothing's ever perfect, but we can see that See the process as, uh, you know, if we view it as this, this, you know, I just have to let them survive till they're 18 and then they're out the door. Um, that, that's not a, a very good way of viewing the process, but rather like we, we're equipping them, right? We're equipping them until they're 18. We're, we're helping them take those baby steps until they're at the point where they're no longer living in our household. But even, even when they go off to college, we still have opportunities to teach and to grow them and help them in those baby steps. The way that we view the process is very important. Proverbs 6.22 We've read this many times before. Teach a child up in the way that they should go. And when they grow old, they shall not depart from it. Again, this is not a promise, but this is a principle. As we walk alongside our children, we teach them with a watchful eye. By the grace of God and, and, and by the hope that we have for them, uh, he will he will continue to teach them and, and allow them to grow into young men and women. So this is an unending conversation. It's not one that, that simply just ends. Uh, what might be something that you have learned over time that took numerous conversations to grasp and understand? Uh, this could be something like what it means to be a godly man or a godly woman. Uh, it might be um, something like learning how to listen. Uh, it might be a skill that you you uh, had to be told numerous times over and over and over until you finally got it. Uh, let's look at Matthew chapter 5. I just want to read a few of the Beatitudes here. Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be starting at the beginning. Just a few Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. These are things that uh, Jesus tried to instill in the disciples. Think about it this way. 
Do you think the disciples got all this in one conversation? Like, do you think Jesus just told them this at the Sermon on the Mount and all of a sudden they're like, man, I got it. It's like the Matrix. Like, they, they plug it in the back of their head, they download it, and they're ready, right? No. Th- these are things that Jesus probably had to uh, relay numerous times to them. We know that they struggled with things like jealousy and being merciful to others uh, amongst many other things. But these were probably conversations that Jesus continually had with them as they ate, as they walked down the street, as they rested. He was probably taking many opportunities to teach these principles to them. And this is a beautiful picture of the way that we can parent our children. The cool thing about the Bible is not everything that happened in the Bible is all that happened, right? There were other conversations, there were other events, other stories that we don't see and we don't have and uh, it, it kind of just shows us the beauty of how Jesus poured into these men to teach them. And we have some of these instances, specifically the ones that we just read, the Beatitudes, but He was always teaching, always taking the opportunity, always thinking of their best interest because He loved them. And that's how we can view our parenting. We need to be looking for micro-changes. For us, God has put our children into our families. And the good news is He loves them more than we do. Part of the outworking of that love is that He will put in them many instances where their heart problem is exposed and worked on so that we have opportunities to keep that conversation going. And here we can find great joy in the fact that God is using us to continue to shape our children little by little. So instead of looking for those instant moments of change, we can commit to looking for many micro-moments of change. This could be a few minutes before bed, a brief talk at the dinner table, a small conversation in the car on the way to school, that moment after a sporting event where your child may have messed up or missed the game-winning goal. Those are all opportunities for us to love on and speak truth into our children. Let's be thankful for these moments instead of seeing them as an inconvenience. So we also need to have a a little bit of a project mentality, and I I feel kind of weird saying that, but let's turn to Philippians chapter 1, and I hope you can kind of see what I'm trying to get at here. Philippians 1.6, it says this, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So having a, a project mentality doesn't necessarily mean that we see our children you know, the same way that we see building a birdhouse or writing a paper or uh, writing code for a computer program. But what it does mean is that we know our children, right? We know where they're weak. We know where they're tempted. We know where they're blind and we can look for opportunities to work on those specific things with them. We want to build up the areas that they do really well in, but we also want to work on the areas that they struggle in. And if we we look for these little tiny projects that we can find these micro-changes in, I think we can find a great joy in that. So what does Paul tell us? What does he highlight here about how God does that with us? Well, he tells us, That He's working in us by the Spirit to grow us closer to Him. 
And that's a lifelong project. It's not something that just happens. Our salvation, our, our justification does happen, but our sanctification is a process. And here, Paul is really trying to uh, tell us that we need to commit ourselves to growing in our understanding that God's process with us and our children is so important. And that God's process with our children needs to be done in this, this very same way that we see Paul describing here. He who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. Paul is sure of that because he knows that God loves his children. He knows that God wants them to grow and he wants them to be shaped by his will and not the will of the world. So we need to be living by faith because we can turn God-given moments of ministry to our kids into reasons to be frustrated and angry because it, it takes time to invest in these things. And sometimes we would much rather sit on the couch or we'd much rather uh, go to bed early or we whatever the it may be. We we can turn those God-given moments of ministry to our kids into reasons to be self-centered. Which is why this type of parenting that we've described tonight is incredibly, incredibly difficult. It takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of self-control, submission, gentleness, love, faithfulness, and joy. Which may sound incredibly discouraging because a lot of those things we don't possess very well on a regular basis. But remember, Philippians 1.6, I am sure of this, that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. As you parent, God the Father is parenting you. Not only is He parenting you, but He's parenting you with the greatest level of patience that we could ever imagine. He blesses us with His patience and His grace so that we can pass that same grace along to our children. And as we do that, let us do it with what what Tripp calls a lifelong and heart-changing agenda of mercy. Think about this idea of process in your life. Is it a process? Or is this something that you struggle with? We're going to spend some time unpacking that and discussing that, but before we do that, let me pray for us. Gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we ask for Your mercy to be upon us. We thank You for your patience and your kindness with us, Lord. We thank you for your long-suffering with us. And we ask that as we discuss this whole idea of parenting as a process, Lord, that you would equip us and teach us and mold us and shape us, Lord. Help us to see the way that you do this with us so that we can do that with our children. We thank you, Lord, for giving us our children. We thank you for the wonderful gift they are we also thank you for the opportunity to be a part of these micro changes in their life. We ask that it would be by your spirit that these things happen. And we pray that it would be for your glory 
that we do it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.